Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On The Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On The Mark, Mark Lawrence and Ben Reikley. Greetings, Mark Lawrence here. Ben Reikley gets the day off. I'm glad to say John Shipman is our fabulous uh, co-host, U.S. military veteran. He's an expert in the insurance and financial planning fields and very, well, extremely, all right, phenomenally active local volunteer and boardsman and and helper and doer. I've been at many a River Festival where... uh, he had the maybe small, tiny little cuts on his hands from opening up the boxes and doing. You're a doer, not just a viewer. That's right. All right. Well, thank you. Yeah, John Shipman is with us. So I really do appreciate you coming in. Sunbury resident. He's one of the uh, the glass half full people in Sunbury. So we've been so grateful for that uh, over the years. Um, you are plaque worthy. You're going to do one more thing and somebody's going to give you another plaque that's in public. You know, anybody can get a plaque to go home. Yeah. But you're going to have one in public. Uh, I'm not looking for plaques. I'm just <laughs> looking to help. Hopefully while you're still alive. That's, yeah. that's the goal, to get a thank you while you're still alive. All right. Well, with that, we launch into Financial Friday, and that's our opportunity to reflect on and to say, holy smokes, Bob, are, are you a seer or something? He is the president and CEO of the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce, and uh, he is joined on the same line with Art Thomas, chairman of the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce and president of MECTEC and Diversified Construction. So, Bob, thank you so much for calling in today. Uh, good morning, Mark. It's good to be with you. I do appreciate that. And Art Thomas, thank you, sir. Thanks for calling in. Good morning. Thanks for having us on. I do appreciate that. Well, we got a memo from Bob Garrett last night about the jobless numbers saying, nah, you know, maybe the jobless rate will go down, but don't get too excited. All right? How did you know, Bob? How did you know? Yeah. Well, uh, Mark, it wasn't me. It was the economist that we follow. And uh, I I actually put in the briefing uh, for today's show uh, the the term smallish. And uh, uh, and the economists were saying, hey, this is is not going to be blockbuster. I think uh, invariably it's hard to not look at these numbers and say, well, as compared to what? And as you heard in the breaking news at 8.30, uh, the reporter was immediately comparing to last month, which was also a slightly disappointing 235,000, and then the month before that at 1.5 million uh, jobs. So, uh, I mean, all of the economists are saying really the same thing is is, uh, we're in a a severe, severe worker shortage, and the uh, the variant, the, particularly the Delta variant of COVID-19, is just keeping people on the sidelines a lot longer than anyone expected, particularly in those occupations that are customer-facing, as we say, uh, mark hospitality, restaurants, lodging, uh, those kind of things. The folks just are not coming out, coming back. Uh, I think they had the, uh, an example of a, uh, somebody in the uh, cosmetology a world there 
uh, talking about she just can't get anyone to apply for any jobs that they have. Folks are just uh, still real, uh, very leery and staying on the sidelines a lot longer than we thought they would. Well, in your labor participation rate, you always tell us to make sure we get a glimpse that that went down a tenth of a point from 61.7% labor participation in August to 61.6%. And uh, that graph's not even bouncing along the bottom. That's just kind of stuck. That's like, it looks like uh, when you see on your fish finder on a boat, uh, the the bottom of the, of the waterway you're in, that's what that looks like because we're just, uh, uh, we're significantly lower than we were before and uh, definitely uh, still stuck down there. In terms of labor participation, repeat to our audiences that there's a lot of factor at play uh, to keep people from rejoining the workforce at this time. Yeah, and and we were saying that for months. Uh, uh, Now, we think the government made the right decision by stopping the uh, additional unemployment benefit. I I mean, that, that benefit made a lot of sense. Uh, early, uh, and it was a lifesaver for a lot of people uh, early in the pandemic, but it outlived its uh, its uh, its usefulness and its intention. Uh, so uh, there was a lot of folks thought, oh, come Labor Day when the $300 per week extra benefit goes away, all of our workforce issues uh, will be answered. And the, the Chamber has been saying, uh, hold on, hold on, it's a little more complex uh, than that. Um, and sure enough, it is. Um, now, uh, the uh, one thing for sure is that uh, it's great that the schools are staying open. We're not seeing the, the shutdowns of schools like we did a year ago because, you know, imagine being a young parent with uh, ch- school-age children and trying to figure out from one day to the next, uh, how, you know, the kid goes to school today, doesn't go to school tomorrow, uh, what do I do about the health uh, daycare? Uh, what do I do about taking care of my children? You know, I can't. You can't leave your kids at home. Um, so it, we we've been saying all along, Mark, that this is far more complex, and and we'd like to get it right. Uh, you know, uh, Art Thomas, uh, the chairman of the chamber, and my uh, colleague here this morning uh, has chaired for a number of years the Early Learning Investment Committee uh, in the Valley, and uh, you know we, we're moving the needle the right way when it comes to quality daycare uh, for, uh, for working parents, but uh, we haven't moved it nearly as far as we want to move it uh, when that uh, uh, to declare success. All right, we're doing some initial reactions to the jobless numbers. The new jobless rate in the U.S. is 4.8%. It was 5.2% last month, but uh, I guess to use the uh, to use Bob's word, that he picked up that smallest number of new jobs uh, created or jobs backfilled that were existed elsewhere now being filled again, 194,000. What's your reaction to all that? It's so frustrating. We want this to jump back. We, we want to bounce back. We've been thinking we've been bouncing back since the spring. Summer came, caseloads were down, and it's just frustrating. Um, you know, and now we're feeling the pain of supply chain. And with the, with the workforce shortage, supplies aren't being manufactured, evidently, because it's everything from building materials to this morning, I heard it was Gatorade, I guess. All the fall football teams are drinking all the Gatorade. I don't know, but it's just amazing at the how close and how sensitive our economy is with supply and demand. That something like this, 20 plus months ago, 
shook us 20 months later that we still aren't back on track with our supply chains. You know, there I read in the paper today that Shikolini School District project is going to be further delayed just because they can't get the building materials in. And it's affecting uh, everybody in the economy, and it's frustration is the word that I would use. All right. Thank you. Well, John. Hey, gentlemen, good morning. This is John. Um, it is very multifaceted. I read yesterday that there's 500 container ships sitting off U.S. ports, uh, taking anywhere from 10 to 30 days to get them unloaded. And um, so it just, uh, you know, our, our economy uh, over the last 20 years or so has been built on just on-time delivery. Um, nobody wanted to have a lot of inventory. And so um, the, the, when the supply worked right and the deliveries were on time, the thing just kept perking along. But it seems that we've got bottlenecks all over the place. What do you? What's your perception on that? Yeah, and, and John, probably uh, it, it, everything's connected to everything. And uh, probably the biggest issue at this point with those container ships sitting off the, uh, uh, sitting out in the bay is that there isn't enough people to uh, unload them. And, uh, um, you know, we used to think there would always be enough. This is America. There will always be enough people to uh, get these jobs done. Um, and right now we just don't have the people in the workforce uh, to do it. Uh, in fact, we, uh, now I was, uh, I kept it to just Pennsylvania, but when I put together the briefing, um, uh, there is, uh, 414,000 Pennsylvanians unemployed looking for work and 461,000 current open positions. And John, you know, as well as anybody that, uh, there's a lot more jobs out there that are open and people would be willing to feel, fill that the job isn't posted. You know, there's no help wanted sign out. Uh, they just, you know, they, they, you just uh, have to know that the job is uh, there or be connected to it. So, and, and I, you know, you think about the, the wages that the folks make who, un, you know, longshoremen uh, make to unload those boats. Uh, so it, 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 we know it's not wages. We, uh, it, it's got to be more complex than that. And, uh, and as you point out, bottlenecks everywhere. It just seems like uh, uh, when you don't have the people to do things throughout the supply chain, every, every spot where it interacts with a the person, there's not enough people to do it. And it's just, uh, you know, maybe, maybe the word for this morning is gonna be frustration. This is very, very frustrating. And, uh, you know, the, the key thing is, uh, you know, you think of that old, uh, the old uh, uh, military recruitment uh, poster is, uh, I, we need you. <laughs> you know, we need people back in the labor force um, uh, as much as uh, now, as much as we ever have uh, in the history of our country, I think. Well, and Art, you would appreciate this. A lot of businesses are desperately trying to spring back, but they might not be able to get supplies of some sort. They might not be able to get people. Yeah, uh, we're upside down here, aren't we? I mean, trying to figure this data, uh, how often in the p past have we gone from 5.2 to 4.8 and we're disappointed? Uh, Bob, isn't 4% full employment, supposedly? Um, we're down 4.8. We, we added 194,000 jobs and we're disappointed. Bob's briefing points out that you need 100,000 jobs to keep up with population growth, and we've got twice that. And here we sit disappointed. I don't know what we're supposed to do with this data. We're down to 4.8%. That's wonderful. 
but yeah, every every turn you take, there's a delay or something that causes you to not complete the project you're working on, whether it's construction or otherwise. And uh, it's where do people go? I think Bob and I were talking yesterday. Where do people go? Where are they? Where is everybody? All right, we're, we're gonna. T- oh, please go ahead, Bob. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, Mark, uh, Mark and I are trying to figure out how the heck are, are people paying the bills? <laughs> you know, it, it, it just, it, there's, it, you just, you spend a lot of time scratching your forehead here trying to think out, now, how is this working uh, for people? Uh, yeah. Well, there's no single people standing on the sidelines, or not as many anyway, but there's a lot of married couples and double households and significant others that are helping to carry the weight. So we can we can dig into that on another show, but I honestly, I, I'd love to get a real clear, transparent picture of who's working and, and who's not and why they're not. You know, that jobless money was a factor. There's no argument there. Probably the biggest factor, but there's and then there's a hundred other little things. So we're going to talk about those. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to dig into some of the Chamber's latest activities, find out the highlights of a transportation committee meeting that was held today. And I looked at the Voice of the Valley that came out recently, the newspaper that you can pick up a thin copy of it at the chamber office, or there is a monthly edition in the daily item each month. Uh, that has got a ton of things going on. You want to talk about Springback. There's pictures of it and talk of it. So there are a lot of things happening. So we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll continue our discussion related to about Financial Friday here on WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. All right, we've got a fabulous producer that's taking fantastic care of us. He's done it a couple of days this week. He was scheduled, and uh, at least one day he wasn't scheduled. And that is Tony Fino on the other side of the glass doing a superb job. So we appreciate that. He keeps his eyes glued to those phone lines. When a phone line rings, he uh, jumps on it. So we appreciate that. All right, we got on the news line Art Thomas, who's chairman of the Greater Sussman Valley Chamber of Commerce and president of MECTEC and Diversified Construction. Bob Garrett, president and CEO of the Greater Sussman. Valley uh, Chamber of Commerce. And uh, so uh, let's talk about activities and transportation committee meeting. Bob, uh, tell us what's the news today. Hey, a couple activities. Uh, First off, uh, next week's going to be a very, very busy week uh, around the chamber. Uh, On Tuesday, October 12th, we have our annual Women's Leadership Symposium. Uh, This year it's being held at the Campus Theater and throughout all of downtown Lewisburg, uh, we'll have about uh, oh, about 100, uh, both virtually and in person, about 100 women uh, participating in the symposium this year um, uh, with that. And then we end the week uh, on Friday with our annual 
Young Americans Golf Tournament rescheduled to do the one of the uh, uh, Flash Flood Wednesdays, as they called it at uh, PennDOT uh, during our transportation meeting, uh, rescheduled from, uh, from last month. Uh, that'll be next Friday. And then we wrap up the year with our big event, uh, which is our Second Century Soiree. Uh, we'll be up in Milton at the former shoe factory, uh, which is now called Area Events, uh, for our soiree where we're going to just take a moment and enjoy um, a little bit of a look back at uh, a century of the chamber. Uh, we're calling it Second Century because, as you know, uh, we are the merged chamber of the greater Susquehanna Valley. In fact, uh, John Shipman uh, was at the, uh, at the uh, helm uh, when uh, one of those one of the biggest mergers happened, but the the our our core chamber of commerce uh, was the former Sunbury Businessmen's Association became the Central Susquehanna Valley Chamber, uh, and this year is their 100th anniversary. We do have other chambers, such as the chamber out of uh, Shemokin, uh which it would be a 128 year anniversary this year uh, that they were founded. So. Uh, so because we're merged, uh, we're not uh, focused on one chamber, but just taking a moment to celebrate um, the shoulders on, uh, of the giants on whom we uh, stand every day. Uh, and that's on, uh, on November 6th. Uh, tickets still available for that. Table still available. Um, uh, uh, we're, Art and I are going to go get uh, fitted for our tuxes. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a fun night uh, uh, and um, you know, it might even have the appearance of a few flappers as we look back to the roaring 1920s rather than the roaring 2020s. Um, Mark, you asked me to mention just a couple things out of uh, our transportation committee, which uh, honestly just just concluded right before uh, on the mark came on, and uh, lots of news. Um, we're you know we mainly focus uh, uh, at least for the last 40 years or so. Uh, we mainly focus on the Central Susquehanna Valley Thruway. Um, we talk about the Thruway in its two sections, the northern section and the big bridge in Winfield, and then the southern section. Uh, on the northern section, uh, we heard from Ted Deptula from PennDOT uh, that uh, paving is starting to wrap up uh, for the year, and, um, and they're putting on those super smooth stone mastic asphalt uh, layers uh, and that road is really, really looking sharp. Uh, Ted took us, uh, showed us a picture of the of the high tech paving operation that's happening and how they're building the road, so it'll be durable and last a, a long time. Then Matt Beck uh, talked about the southern section. Yeah, he mentioned that 90% of the right of way claims have now been settled, uh, so they're getting very, very close and they're uh, finalizing the utility relocations, particularly with PPL, that, uh, that need to take place. Uh, for folks that are, are uh, interested, uh, the noise analysis is being concluded and they will be meeting with, uh, with uh, municipal officials, landowners, et cetera, uh, to talk about the possibility of sound barriers and other ways to minimize any news coming off of that big highway. Uh, we always have a maintenance update uh, from PennDOT as well, and uh, John Steininger reported that they're, they're in their transition period, wrapping up the summer work and getting into the, uh, getting ready for winter. They have good good supplies uh, for this winter, which they're really hoping hold off, holds off for a few more weeks, if not a few more months. 
um, and they just wrapped up their paving operations, one on Kissimmee Road in Snyder County, the other one on the Hoffman Mill Road in Union County. Um, John also, he's the one that coined the phrase uh, Flash Flood Wednesday. They had three or four weeks in a row where we had flash flooding every Wednesday and uh, and how the, the, they had to sort of beef up to get ready for the flooding and deal with the, uh, the effects of the flooding. Um, those kind of things really can uh, throw a project uh, off track. Um, Ted Deptool at that point did jump in and wanted to mention to us a couple of traffic issues coming up. Um, next weekend, uh, there will be a minor detour and a fairly major project to repair a slab at the intersections of Route 45 and 15 in Lewisburg. This is going to be night construction beginning Friday night, ending Saturday morning, beginning Saturday night, ending Sunday morning. Um, uh, the contractor thinks they can get done in one night, uh, which would be really, really wonderful. Uh, but they'll be uh, doing some slab repairs right there at 45 and 15. So if you're out and about late on Friday night uh, next weekend, not this coming weekend, not, to, not tonight, but a week from tonight, um, uh, you might want to try to avoid that area. It'll be gummed up a bit on the northbound lanes, I believe. And then there's another uh, a quick repair has to happen over in Northumberland uh, that's going to take uh, take some time. So that was the PennDOT reports, and then we did hear uh, from other modes, but I'll see if you have any questions or comments about any of that, or if I may have misspoken, maybe Art caught it and can correct uh, if I said anything wrong about the, uh, about, uh, the different PennDOT reports. Well, you said flappers were going to be there. I'm sure you kept talking after that, but I don't think my mind went any farther. So, <laughs> so yeah, I, I, <laughs> yeah, we're uh, you know, uh, Mark, we're gonna uh, we're gonna do what we can to, to recreate uh, the sensibilities of the of the uh, of the 1960s. Of, I mean, 60s, right? The 1920s, uh, the Roaring Twenties. Um, and uh, and you know we've uh, as you know we've been talking for 18 months now about hey coming out of this pandemic let's do what they did a century ago and create the roaring 2020s instead of the roaring 1920s. Uh, there's it's alleged there's going to be a speakeasy with a uh, with a, uh, a code word to get in and uh, all those sort of things that, gee, Mark, maybe you could even be our, our resident gangster or something. Um, th- that would be a, that would be a lot of fun. But it, the point is, it's going to be a fun night. All right, yeah. Uh, I love the we're venue. We're going to take a moment to remember our history, but, uh, but we're going to focus on having fun. Um, we need a little fun these days. It's been a, it's been a serious, uh, very serious past 18 months. Let's let our hair down, as I like to say. Well, I love the official term and name of the venue, too, is Area Events at the Old Shoe Factory. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. I mean, some places, yeah. some names you hear. I think of it as the Old Shoe Factory. Uh, <laughs> its correct, proper, current name is Area Events. It's a new event of venue yeah. that is just, just it, it will wow you from the moment you walk through the door. In fact, you'll probably be wowed before you get in the door. Uh, they've really done a nice job up there in Milton. All right, so we're going to get some additional comments. We'll start with Art. Just some additional thoughts. We had uh, kind of a lackluster jobless numbers out, and uh, one of our listeners also says, what's your view on the community college? So you can kind of mix that in. We have just a couple of minutes left. Art. 
Thanks. Um, as far as the community college goes, I think it would be great if we had uh, another one here. Uh, you know, we've got several things going on in the community right now. It certainly wouldn't hurt if we had one more. Um, I want to just add to Bob's comments on the CSBT. Uh, they're planning to open bids for the first contract either late this year, which, you know, we're getting close to being late in the year right now, or early next year. And I think as long as the rivers don't rise, one year from today, we're going to have a massive construction site going right through Monroe Township and Schmokin Dam Borough. It's going to be a different landscape than we have today. It's pretty quiet today. And just a shout out to the staff at the chamber. They're doing a fabulous job negotiating COVID and organizing events and trying to keep our chamber members as happy as we can and be there as a resource for them. Uh, you chamber members that might be listening, don't forget the chamber's here to uh, maybe help you with health insurance or referrals to anything you might need. And we have member-to-member -member discounts. And when you've got in excess of 500 members, that can be a valuable tool, too, for all of them. So let me throw that out there. Well, thank you so much. Uh, Bob, you got 10 seconds. Anything to add? No, just uh, ditto. I, I agree with everything Art had to say. Thank you, Mark and John. Thank you, gentlemen. Yeah, thank you both so much for the Financial Friday update and the preparation and the advanced work that goes into this. I imagine that's probably a couple hours of work to piece together our briefing paper that gets us ready. So thank you both so much. Thanks for all you are doing as well. Bob Garrett, President and CEO of the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce, and Art Thomas is President of the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce, and, or Chairman, rather, and he's also the Mech Tech and Diversified construction guys, so you hear him on the radio, so we appreciate that. All right, we're going to find out about Convention of States shortly, and then we'll have open phones at 9.30. This is WKOK Sunbury. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On The Mark, Mark Lawrence and Ben Reichley. Oh, Ben's got the day off. I keep forgetting to stop pushing that button. Welcome aboard, everybody. It's the WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show, On The Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Momentarily, we'll be hearing from Steve Davies. He's one of the individuals who's associated with the Convention of States effort in Pennsylvania. I looked up his uh, title and found about six different titles for him. So uh, he's been moving around within, most of which were volunteers. So I listened him as a volunteer, but uh, maybe we'll, we'll see what his new title is with Convention of States. So we'll be talking to him as this uh, half hour progresses. But On the Mark is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. Our toll-free line is open. Call us 1-800-795-9565. That's 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarketwkok.com and text us at 70236. Include the keyword OT. 
p.m. And uh, we did get an email during our first segment. We didn't get a chance to read it to our guests, but we can talk about it with our good co-host here as this hour uh, progresses. We're going to scan through some news headlines here. U.S. Senator Pat Toomey released a statement after opposing the temporary increase in the U.S. debt ceiling. He said, quote, tonight the Democrats voted to saddle the American taxpayers with an additional $480 billion in debt, even though this will only stave off another debt ceiling increase until next year. He says the Democrats have gone on an unprecedented, dangerous spending and tax hiking spree that will drag down our economy and require even more debt in the future. Has he been fiscally responsible up to now? I don't think of him as being a stalwart, but maybe I'm missing it. Uh, Well, he's on the banking uh, committee, uh, and uh, he's uh, not outspoken on a lot of issues. uh, So he's... uh, um, usually one of the last ones to come to the table. He's, he's not an out-front kind of guy. But uh, uh, he's been more middle of the road than, than some of the Republicans. Um, I would say that he's one that has actually tried to work across the aisle. Uh, he, uh, uh, with a, a Democratic senator, uh, did sponsor some uh, uh, legislation that would uh, have... Uh, affected gun owners uh, not registration per se but some some uh, uh, additional restrictions and so forth uh, of course it didn't go anywhere in the Senate but uh, so he's he's a uh, uh, he's a little right of center but he's certainly not uh, uh, you know uh, the reactionary right all right well thank you yeah that's uh, we're gonna now <laughs> you're gonna talk about him when he's gone you know there'll probably be someday we'll be like boy I wish we had a more moderate senator <laughs> there you just never know but we do need off somebody to offset Senator Casey everybody seems to think that's uh, a wise choice for Pennsylvania all right some very brief headlines here over 500 employees remain unvaccinated against COVID-19 at Evangelical Community Hospital that is about 30 percent of their workforce they now must uh, submit to daily testing. Unlike Geisinger, where if you're unvaccinated, uh, you are terminated. The surge of COVID-19 continues statewide, particularly when it comes to hospitalizations. Over 300 people in the hospital in Pennsylvania. Locally, our hospitalizations are uh, either the same or down slightly. Shemokin Hospital still has 11 people on board. So those are the news headlines that are in the news today. Steve Davies is on the line. Convention of states, his speciality, and uh, Dave, what is your or Steve, what is your current title with Convention of States? I'm the state director. Oh, that's what I had. I picked the right one. Several okay. years. I found yep. about four or five different titles for you as it related to conventions. <laughs> so you've been working for a long time to make sure that this happens, and I'm glad you turned it into a, a, a hobby that's a paying hobby as well. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I, I don't think it's true, but there may be somebody there that says, what is Convention of States? So I always start out the conversation with that, and then we'll talk about the pluses and minuses and the slowdowns and the... Uh, uh, milk toast reaction we've had from some legislators in Pennsylvania. So uh, please go right ahead. What is Convention of States? Okay, so what we're trying to do is bring about a convention under Article 5 of the federal Constitution uh, to propose amendments to the federal Constitution. And the amendment topics are limited to three categories uh, fiscal uh, restraints on the federal government term limits on elected officials and other officials in the federal government, and then reductions in the power and jurisdiction of the federal government. 
Um, the way the process works um, is 34 states, two-thirds of the states need to come together and submit applications for a convention to Congress that basically call for the same scope of a convention. Once 34 states have done that, uh, then Congress is obligated under Article 5 to call a convention. The convention convenes, um, the states all send delegations, and if uh, a proposed amendment is passed by the convention, then it goes into the ratification process track that's also outlined in Article 5. Article 5, uh, we've, we've amended the Constitution, the U.S. Constitution, 27 times. All of the amendments have gone through, obviously, the Article 5 process. Um, all of the amendments, though, have been proposed by Congress. So there's two ways for an amendment to be proposed, either by Congress or by Convention of the States. The ratification process is the same. It takes 38 states or three-fourths of the states to vote to ratify uh, an amendment for it to become law. So... Um, that's that's the the long and the short of it. We've been, we've been working on this now for about eight years uh, in Pennsylvania for me, almost uh, eight years, and it's uh, frankly it's it's been a much more difficult undertaking than I had anticipated early on. Yeah, it, it does surprise me that folks won't even talk about it, won't even take it up, don't want to consider it. It's stuck in Pennsylvania in committee. Give us a glimpse of precisely how entrenched it is in Harrisburg, or is it likely uh, or, or your thoughts about uh, where it may head in Pennsylvania? Well, um, we have been uh, filed for the last four, four sessions, I believe, in Pennsylvania, uh, these, these are resolutions. We're not. This is not bill. This is not legislation. It does not require a signature of the governor. Doesn't involve money. It's simply a request for a meeting. Um, and again, I, I think for a majority Republican legislature, it ought to be the equivalent of a six-inch putt. But it's not. Uh, we we when we when the resolutions are introduced, we have prime sponsors and co-sponsors. They get they get referred to the House and state. Um, government committees. So right now we're HR 109 in the House. SR 152 in the Senate. We were scheduled for a committee vote a couple of weeks ago, and in the run-up to the uh, the week before, we we were reasonably confident we had all seven Republicans on the Senate State Government Committee uh, on board to vote for this thing. And the the uh, the meeting and the and the, um, the fact that there would be a vote on this resolution and another Article Five resolution. Uh, once that was publicly disclosed, publicly. Uh, um, announced. Then there was all sorts of opposition that came out over the weekend before the, the committee meeting in opposition to the resolution. And we lost two senators uh, who decided that given that amount of constituent, I guess, pressure, uh, they couldn't vote for it. So it was pulled from the agenda, and we're, we are in the process of regrouping and seeing what we can do to get it back on track. In 2019, we actually did pass the House State Government Committee. Um, and uh, we were on track to see about getting a, uh, a floor vote um, in early 2020, but COVID hit, and that was pretty much the end of everything in Harrisburg other than COVID for like the next year. So uh, we lost the last half of that session. Now, um, you know, we're into 21, 22, um, and uh, no movement in the House yet, but in the Senate, uh, we are, uh, we do have some, some favorable support from, from some of the leadership, and again, um, it's opposition primarily from the Second Amendment community that slowed us down here in Pennsylvania. Please. Uh, 
John. Yeah, I, I, Steve has been a stalwart, and uh, he's uh, our leader here in Pennsylvania. He's he's done a tremendous job in trying to get uh, these uh, resolutions through, um, and it, it's difficult because we have people on the right who are opposing this. Um, the John Birch Society was there at the meeting uh, the hearings about two years ago and and uh, testified against it, uh, and th they're all concerned about a runaway convention and they have our local legislators concerned about a runaway convention how you know that uh, it's going to open up a can of worms and it's going to throw everything out and they're going to take away our guns and they're going to take away our religious liberty and and, uh, you know, uh, as Steve pointed out, this is very narrowly drawn. There's really only three issues uh, that will be discussed at the convention. And the convention has the right to say if anybody goes rogue, the, the, the convention has the right to terminate. But the, the state legislature, if, 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 if our representatives from Pennsylvania go rogue, the legislature can pull them. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, there are safeguards built in. Steve, maybe you could talk to those safeguards. Yeah, if you read the resolution, there's a, a long list of reservations and, and stipulations that, that condition the application. And a big part of that is the role of Congress in all of this. Congress has no role uh, under the federal constitution in the convention other than to set the, the time and place. That's, that's the, the official action they take. The rest of it is run, is run entirely by the state legislatures. They select the delegates, they instruct the delegates, and when the delegates get into convention, um, they'll elect, uh, you know, a presiding officer, and they'll they'll formulate themselves similar to a, an operating or a session of a state legislature, and then proceed to deal with the the topics on the table. So the state legislature is the ones that are in control of this thing, and 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 that was the original intent of, of Article Five, as you guys probably know. The the framers were, in most part, state legislators themselves, and so. They did things to preserve the power of the state government or the states over the federal government in, in many respects, but and this is one of them. So we have 15 states that have passed our resolution. Um, they're predominantly in the South and West. They're, they're very conservative Republican states or uh, conservative constitutional states. And it, it's become apparent to me that for states that are not quite um, – in the same mindset relative to the role of the federal government and and and, and the nature of small federal government in, in general, that's that's culturally where these states come from. And that's culturally not where Pennsylvania, unfortunately, is right now. So, you know, we've done a lot of educating. We've, we've, I've traveled across the state many times. I've met with many, many legislators. But the fact of the matter is our General Assembly as a whole cannot get to a place where something like this is something that, that, that they can do. So I've, I've frankly gotten to a place where I'm telling folks, look, if you want a General Assembly, if you want your legislator to be someone who can protect and defend Article 5 of the U.S. Constitution per their oath, and the same thing is true for Articles 1 and 2 relative to the conduct of elections for federal seats, then you're probably going to have to put somebody else in the seat. It's not that they're a bad person. It's that we, as, as, an, as, as citizens, have not elected people and expected these people to do these kinds of things. So if, if we have a member of the, in our district, uh, a senator or a representative who is reluctant to do this, well, then you have to ask yourself, well, then do I really need a different person in the seat? And that's, that's pretty much where I've come to at this stage. I don't think any more talking, I don't think any more debating with the Second Amendment folks is going to change anybody's mind. 
Um, the legislators are, are going with the uh, the majority uh, uh, opinion, if you will, on this thing. But sometimes the Constitution doesn't go with the majority, and you have to have the, the strength and the courage to stand up for the document and not just follow the mob. Can anything pass that could involve positive change in the U.S.? Because as soon as it gets to, let's suppose we have the convention and the amendments get to state level, I'm going to launch a multi-glazillion dollar ad campaign and social media and everything saying that it's going to cause, uh, you know, the sky to go dark during the day and it'll involve kicking puppies or something. So uh, misinformation, uh, people, uh, is so pervasive now. Can we, even if we could get out of the convention, could we get this to pass? Well, you know, in the convention, um, assume we get a convention call, um, the the amendment proposals would be passed on a one-state, one-vote basis. It would be a simple majority vote of 26 states to get an amendment proposed. The the ratification process is a huge hurdle to get over, and um, there are many amendments that I think... uh, you know, would be worth a conversation, having a conversation amongst the states about. But it's going to have to be something that has very, very broad support in order to be ratified. And that is a pretty small list, uh, in my view. I mean, I don't know that we could get 38 states to agree that, you know, the sky is blue when it's not cloudy. It, it, you know, it's just it's just the insanity of, of what we're dealing with right now as, as a nation. There There is one amendment that I think most people should be able to get behind. Blue states, red states, anybody, or at least most blue states, and that is an amendment that gets the federal government out of public education entirely. The federal government, we go back to the way, the way it was uh, in the, prior, prior to uh, the formation of the Department of Education and get the federal government totally out of it. There's no money, there's no nothing, there's no mandates, there's no curriculum, uh, uh, carrots and sticks and that kind of thing. I think most people would, would like to, would agree that they know best how to educate their children. And that is handled best at the local level with local school boards, and we need the Fed to get out of it. And we in Pennsylvania can decide how we want to do this to the extent we need state government support. But, again, these, things, these decisions need to be you know, driven down to the local level as much as possible. You hear a lot of stuff right now. I was just reading an article before we got on the call about should America get a divorce. Hmm. Well, the Constitution was originally set up to keep us from being in each other's throats. The federal government was supposed to have a very, very limited role, and the states were supposed to be able to go off and pretty much be experiments of social uh, engineering, if you will, and, and, and problem solving. But that all, that's all changed, and now we've forced ourselves into a one-size-fits-all process via the Fed, and now we hate each other's guts. Well, that was never supposed to be the way it worked. We were supposed to be 50, ultimately 50 independent sovereign states with a federal government that helped us collaborate and take advantage of economies of scale, if you will, on on several key items. But this business of forcing everybody to do everything the same down to the kind of toilet you can buy and the light bulb you can buy, it's it's insanity. And it's no wonder why we're in the position we're in relative to so much divisiveness, because we've tried to force a very uh, complex, um, uh, disparate, uh, diverse uh, culture, if you will, into one box. And it's it's not a surprise to me that we are where we are. And if we can't get back to the original intent of the entire document, I, I don't know how the Republicans survive. Right? All right, but we've got to try, and you got to find something we can agree on. And I think education might be one of them. 
Steve, stand by. We have to take a quick break, so we're going to do that. Uh, we have on the news line, uh, it is uh, Steve Davies, the Pennsylvania State Director of the Convention of States Project in Pennsylvania. We'll open up the phones. Uh, nope, check that. Nope, we'll, we'll keep the lines busy, I guess. So, but if you wish to send us an email, do so at uh, on the market, WKOK.com, and text us at 70236 with the keyword OTM, and we can put our question to Steve and uh, also our good co-host, John Schiff and very informed on the Convention of States as well. We'll take this promised break. We'll be right back. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back. Uh, it is WKOK's live telephone talk show. We'll have open phones shortly here. We've got about five more minutes with Steve Davies, Pennsylvania State Director of the Convention of States Project. John Shipman also very informed on this uh, topic. John? Yes. Uh, just Steve, I just liked it in, in this last... Um, I know it's been a frustration for all of us uh, that uh, our, uh, our our state legislatures just uh, don't seem to be receptive. Uh, they don't give us a definite no, but they just give us reasons why they're concerned. Um, I just heard you say that uh, you don't have much hope that uh, we can convince them. Uh, you want to elaborate a little further on that? Oops, uh, there we go. I'm sorry. Go, go ahead, Steve. Start uh, that answer over. Both in the Senate and the House that, that support this thing, that strongly support it. And the, the problem we've gotten into is, in my view, is that the most important thing to a, a member of the General Assembly in Pennsylvania, and this is true of other states, is to get reelected. And in Pennsylvania and states that have a full-time legislature, that is a really big deal because that's how they feed their family. It's how they make their living. In the states, the 15 states that have passed our resolution, every single one of them has a part-time legislature. So I think that's that's a, one of the reasons why we're having such trouble in states with full-time legislatures, because anything that's controversial is very, very problematic for them. Um, I think here in Pennsylvania, um, I, I think this is a very doable thing. I don't know that it's doable with um, with many of the people that we have in the seats right now. And so... I think that, um, and it'll be interesting to see what happens next year, because there is still a lot of palpable anger over the election in Act 77. And I think that there, there may be some, some change, uh, changes in, in who holds seats after the next uh, general election, and that may positively impact us. Um, I think there are other organizations that are taking a hard look at who's running the primaries, you know, after what we've seen out of the General Assembly since early 2019, my personal opinion is every single one of them ought to at least have a, almost every single one ought to at least have a primary opponent. And people need to have a choice, and they need to reflect on 
where we've been and where do we want to go going forward relative to what comes out of Harrisburg. So that's that's a little bit outside the, the narrow scope of getting a resolution passed, but I think that's something that I'm going to have to pay a whole lot more attention to going forward if we uh, if we ever expect Pennsylvania to, to sign on this thing. The other thing that could happen, though, that could drive it is a major, major um, national catastrophe. <laughs> My view is that what's been going on in D.C. with Biden should be enough to get 34 states in, in a convention mode very, very quickly, but obviously that's not enough. But I think things are going to get worse. I hope not, but I think they are, and that may be enough to overcome some of the uh, the lukewarmness on the part of, of many folks uh, in the state capitals about this. Well, the last thing a state legislature wants is for people to start to exert their power and usurp some of that power that actually belongs to them and not to the state legislature. I mean, nobody wants to cut off the branch that they're actually sitting on. So right. that's I think they're going to get the flavor that people want to be back in charge of our government. And you're right. Uh, you know, a lot of folks don't like what President uh, Biden is doing. A lot of folks didn't like what President Trump was doing. And so maybe you, you would think that in now more than ever, there would be this massive cry for the Convention of States to move forward. But, uh, yeah, I think people are, are afraid and, and hesitant and, and don't want loss of power. All right, well, we have just a moment left. We'll give you an open mic and the additional comments, some contact information, and what we should do should be a part of that closing remark. Okay, yeah, so you can go to conventionofstates.com. Uh, there's a webpage there where a petition can be uh, signed. It'll be sent directly, electronically to your state rep and state senator uh, as long as you put your uh, your address information in there so that system can figure out who your, who your representatives are. So please do that. Um, it, it also helps a lot to contact your legislator directly, either by phone or email, and express support for the resolutions, H.R. 109 and S.R. 152. Um, you can do that by leaving a voicemail if you don't want to talk to somebody or just shoot an email. Um, I do send out national uh, status, or, I'm sorry, statewide status uh, email blasts periodically to let folks know where we stand and who to contact. But, but you know, if you're if people reach out to their rep and center about this and do it on a regular basis, maybe once a month or something, uh, and sign the petition, that's that's the best thing we can do right now. Well, thank you so much for all the information. Keep in touch. You call whenever you have an update. You can call our show just like anybody can as well. Sure. But uh, we'll make sure that uh, we try to stay up to date with what you're up to and uh, encourage folks to sign the petition. And uh, let's let's see where it goes. Thank you so much, very Steve. Good. Thanks for all your help. Yeah, thank you very much, guys. Steve Davies thank is you, Steve. Uh, Pennsylvania State Director of the Convention of States, or Project Convention of States.org. The website will be a great starting point. Then you can springboard into the Pennsylvania operation. Uh, we'll keep you up to date on this. Uh, I'm, I'm a pessimist and a skeptic at heart, so I'm not optimistic, but uh, that's just my terrible nature. Are you? I, I, or optimistic? I was hopeful. Okay. Um, but. Uh, uh, after th three years of being at this, you know, Steve's been at it a long time, but after three years or so of being at this, um, I, I agree that, you know, uh, it's easier to do nothing uh, than to take a stand and, and upset somebody. Uh, so, uh, you know, we have, uh, I think, 88,000 people in Pennsylvania who have signed the petition. So you uh, you know and you hear well if you if you if the legislature hears from twelve or fifteen people on an issue that's a lot well uh, then those people who signed the petition aren't 
aren't calling the their rep their representative or their senator but but uh, yeah we have we have a huge amount of people that have actually signed the petition in support of a convention of states so all right well to be continued we're going to launch into open phones if anybody has any remarks about convention of states feel free to call us now 1-800-795-9565 you can email us at on the market wkok.com and text us at 70236 we do have some texts and emails so we'll read those on the radio two of each so we'll put them on the radio and if you sent a text yesterday there had to be a dozen texts by the time joe and i ran out of phone if one of those critically germane and important you'd like us to read it send it again and we'll put that on if you got short shrift and cut off at the end of the program uh chris call us now get get on the radio now now we're going to launch into open phones 1-800-795-9565 you can email us at on the market wkok.com when it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. All right, welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark John Shipman, my good uh, co-host today. We were just talking about will our republic survive? I always say facetiously on this show as a conversation started that our republic's going down. Deep down, I think it'll survive and it's getting better. But I'm losing my optimism here. It, it's it's hard to look at Washington and and uh, be encouraged. It uh, it just seems that uh, there's no good news. Um, just just constant bickering and strife. And um, I mean, you always had some politics involved in in things. And uh, but at the end of the day, they used to come together and get stuff done. And it just doesn't seem like that's even possible anymore, because they can't even talk to each other. They, you know, the 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 vitriol uh, on both sides uh, demonizing the other side and then how are you going to sit down together and say okay well let's come to agreement on something it, it's uh, out of control I think well and personal remarks too I mean it used to be that you know if you didn't like the way Joe Manchin is some sort of an independent senator okay so you thought boy he's got a mind of, think of what we used to say about Arlen Specter boy he's got a mind of his own you know now if he were alive today he'd be a dirty rotten turncoat you know scum whatever I mean it's awful all right, well, if you wish to participate in this conversation, we would just love to hear from you. We talked about Convention of States. Uh, Washington, the inside the vortex where brain matter is turned to mush uh, before anybody can cast a vote is a secondary topic today. Uh, 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. Cindy has called in. Good morning, Cindy. Thanks for calling in. You're on the mark. Good morning, Mark. And before I talk about my subject, I have to say thank you to you and WKOK. When we went down to the Outer Banks, we got stuck in sitting traffic waiting to go through a tunnel. 
and of course there was great lamentation about missing the game and all of a sudden your voice came to me listen live listen live <laughs> so I, I googled it there it was on my phone and suddenly the voice of Steve Jones filled the car and I quickly texted the other car and told them how to find it and, and we were all very happy so thank you for that well, you're quite now uh, about the convention of states some just a few years ago uh, we in Pennsylvania had passed once and were on the cusp of passing a second time a bill that would have allowed the citizens to vote to amend the Constitution to reduce the number of Pennsylvania government legislators. And those buggers at the, on the last vote killed the bill. It had passed three times and they killed it on the last vote. So I'm pretty pessimistic. You know, there they are. Something happens as you talk about this, Mark. Something happens to these people, and while they profess in their district that they're going down there to represent the people, they get down there and they end up either representing the party or themselves, and not the people at all. I'd say you're spot on, Cindy. Um, it's very frustrating. It very is. frustrating. And if you have the courage, like I would go out and say. You know, I will run for this office, and this is what I'm going to do, right? Then you see what happens. You get down there, and they isolate you, the, the other legislators. They isolate you from any legislation and prevent any action. They lack the moral and political courage to let the people decide. That's what it comes down to. They, they, they totally lack that courage. Oh, yeah, we're smart enough to elect them. Oh, yeah, their people are brilliant when it comes to voting them back into office year after year. But when it comes to making decisions about how the government functions and what our lives should be like, oh, no, we're just a bunch of the ignorant masses that can't be trusted to make these choices. Yeah, the, the illustration I used during the break here uh, about some of our local lawmakers is they're like the American flag. They look great. They're very patriotic. There's no argument there, but they just go wherever the Republican wind blows them. And uh, I, I think we, we lose that. I would like to see a vibrant debate in plain sight about the Convention of States in Harrisburg. Now, if next time I see my legislator, I'll tell her that I think we should support it. And so, you know, so I'll get my two cents in. But, uh, you know, we're not even having a robust discussion, and I don't think that's that's not right. Well, you know, we did have a legislature from this area, although he didn't represent me, um, I think he represented Union County, who uh, routinely bucked the system, voted down under Corbett, voted down the budget, voted down bills that he thought Republicans were pushing through, but he disagreed with, especially ones that were not fiscally responsible. But unfortunately, you know, they're few and far between. And sadly enough, he got himself elected to Congress and is no longer down there beating his head on the table in Harrisburg. Well, thank but you the only way you make also. this change is if we make enough, if we change enough people who have enough moral courage and keep their promise to get down there and do the right thing. And that's where we're running afoul. Well, look at look at uh, Fred Keller, the congressman you refer to. Uh, his predecessor, Russ Fairchild, did the same thing. Had a mind of his own, and it cost him. Uh, you know, he must have indicated that he'd be interested in running for Senate someday in the 27th district. So the Republicans carved him out of the district, so that you know he can have a mind of his own. He just can't be a state senator <laughs> with an <laughs> he independent just mind. He can't use it. <laughs> he right. just can't use it. Right. He would have had it's, to. 
He would have had right. to unseat Roger Madigan, which which Russ wouldn't try that. Well, I think you know he could certainly have run since then, and he could run now. We would we would welcome any rational human being to run for the U.S. Senate from Pennsylvania. Oh. Because I agree with you. We need a counterpoint to uh, the other gentleman. I'll be nice. The <laughs> other gentleman who represents. <laughs> Weren't you proud of me, Mark? See how nice well, I was. Hey, we we. Um we tell it like it is on this show, so we are n- we're not always as cordial uh, here as we are with the lunch crowd. So, but anyway, okay. Well, listen, yeah, I, I do think that, and you know, uh, I it seems as though next year we'll have a Republican governor, and I certainly know that some of the Republicans' uh, main ideals in, in Harrisburg were were worth it, and probably should have been given a lot more conversation and consideration, and maybe not vetoed. But having a Republican governor in a House and a Senate that worries me just as much. So. Yeah, um, you know, I, I appreciate what Governor Tom Wolf did. I wasn't always in agreement with it, but uh, I thought he was a good failsafe. But um, I, I, I think too much powers. What is it? Corrupt, absolutely, or something? Mm-hmm. I All think right. it would be interesting to see. I think he holds the record for the most vetoes. Oh no, kid! You mean in Pennsylvania? Yeah, I would be interested in seeing that. I mean, it seems to me like he vetoes more than 50% of the bills he's presented with. Well, and I'd I, be interested in seeing what that, that number actually is. I haven't done the math, I want to be honest, but that's my perception. Every time I see something, this bill's coming forward and the governor's going to veto it. This bill's coming forward and the governor's <laughs> going to veto it. Well, exactly it. right. They should call him Veto Tom. All right. All right. Thank you so much, Cindy. Really, thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much for calling in. 1-800-795-9565 is open. You can email us at onthemarketwkoka.com and text us at 70236. Got an email here. says, uh, with Mr. Shipman and Mr. Garrett available for comment, how is the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce promoting our new community college? So there's about four question marks here, so we'll start with that one. Um, the chamber, you just heard a positive remark. Mark from Art Thomas, and then Bob Garrett said what exactly? Yeah, Bob said he agreed. Uh, I appreciate uh, Art's remark uh, that uh, we could use uh, uh, our own community college here in the area. Um, You know, uh, out-of-area institutions uh, may have uh, branch campuses here, but that's a different that's a different thing than having your home base here. Um, the uh, all of the uh, advantages of a branch campus go to the main campus, whereas our own community college here, all the advantages to the college would stay right here in central Pennsylvania. The economic development would stay here, the decision making would stay here, and uh, uh, the responsiveness to local uh, business and and local institutions would stay here. And uh, I, I'm not sure that people in Luzerne County are making decisions based on what they think is good for Snyder County or Union County or or Northumberland County. Well, the chamber's support was very tepid initially and is growing. I think we can empirically say it's growing. I I think it's stronger than it had been in the past. All right. Uh, I recently signed the community college petition, but it was addressed only to the Northumberland County commissioners. If it is available online and it may be difficult to access, could it be sent to all the high schools for a faculty to sign? How about the school boards? I read about how Shamokin and Milton are being revitalized while our county seat gets nothing. Uh, yeah, okay, so thank you for that. I do know that Lanair Allen from the Community College is going to be on Sunrise coming up prior to their summit that's right around the corner. So we will ask her about that, uh, a wider distribution of the petition. I'll try to remember that. 
been asked that question. Uh, one of our listeners talking about Washington says, uh, see how crazy the Republicans are about paying Americans' debt? They're playing Russian roulette with Americans. Vote them all out, says Bob. And another individual, we were talking about the jobless rate around here and the number of individuals not participating in the workforce, says there are plenty of people off in this country, or plenty of people in this country to work if they get up and stop flattening their couch. Uh, Government has got to stop stoking COVID fear. Yeah, a lot of people are afraid of what they hear from the government under any circumstances. So, all right, Lance, last caller before a quickie break. Go right ahead. You're on the mark. Hey there. Why, uh, you know, (laughs) the uh, wisdom of the ages, a.k.a. the gods of the copybook headings, this is what it says, that uh, and the gods of the copybook headings said, stick the devil you know. That mm. sort of synthesized the way I feel Right. About. No, I got gotcha. you. Okay. Now, also, our several states are going together to support the gun laws we already have and go ahead and enforce them to the letter. But the only deal is they're not um, going after the criminals. They're only going after the guns. And uh, our president's son should be sitting in jail till the end of this decade for what he did with guns. He should, if you're going to enforce the law. But the problem is they never will. They never will. Now, was this not known during President Trump's administration when Bill Barr was a more, you know, uh, was well, was the president's... Uh, um, <clears throat> Um, Attorney General, um, was this not known then? Yeah, and they tried to go after it. They want, and, and the other side did everything but abolish ICE, which uh, was responsible for most of that gun crime you're talking about. I mean, the, the gangs. I, I, I heard, like on CNN, well, MS-13 only exists on Fox News, and they wouldn't let them go after them. And those folks had the pipelines to bring in guns, which is what they were doing, and yet nothing would, every time that uh, we go after them, or the ISIS would go after them, why they had the uh, law enforcement in those cities going after ICE. I think Does that you make, make a, any sense? I think you make a good point. Um, you know, this new compact between uh, Connecticut, New York, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania to share gun uh, information and so forth. Um, and uh, uh, we know uh, the statistics show that uh, the majority of guns that are used uh, in crimes were stolen guns. Um, so tracking illegal purchases is almost impossible. Um, once in a while, uh, I'm sure a, a, a person will go into a gun store uh, not realizing that they are on the prohibited list. But criminals know they're on the prohibited list. They don't go to gun stores and buy guns. Uh, so, you know, the uh, uh, while it sounds good, well, we're going to crack down on this, um, the reality is that it's just more posturing because gun, you know, criminals don't go to gun stores to buy guns. Oh, that's for sure. Uh, another thing I'd like to uh, comment on was our president's uh, speech 
about all these new great jobs he's going to create. Where is he going to get the people to fill them? I mean, if it's a working man job, excuse that politically incorrect term there, but uh, he sure isn't going to find them those millennials that are sitting in their parents' basements playing video games and watching porn, are they? I don't think so. I don't think those guys see themselves at the controls of a, a CD6. Cat Dozer, you... You are allowed are to call. A, you're allowed to call people working, uh, working men when you are one, Lance. So you're in. <laughs> okay. So okay. Well, I sure was. Well, but uh, now all those jobs were ones that uh, you get dirty, and you were not exactly the greatest working conditions, but you are paid very, very well, and there's a great degree of satisfaction if that's what Gordon put you here to do. Uh, well, like the job that I retired from, okay? Back when, boy, they were standing in line to get those jobs. Now they are not. And right now, if you work your 40 hours of the job I had, you're about 10% above median income plus benefits. So, but they can't get anybody to fill them because they are dirty, cold in the winter, hot in the summer. That's what I'm saying. All right, we're really going to get the people, right? Thank you so much, Lance. Always appreciate the call. Thanks for checking in. All right, uh, we are going to be just about done. We might have time for a speedy dialer, but we got uh, our last caller lined up. But uh, somebody who just needs a minute or so, we'd still have time for one more call. 1-800-795-9565. You can still email us at onthemarketwkok.com and text us at 70236. I invite you to do what I have done. Go to sunburymotors.com, poke around their inventory of the kinds of trucks that you can buy. Now, they have one or two F-150s there, including this nice uh, tannish color Super Duty with a double cab and a sunroof that uh, uh, Tom Mertz was driving around the other day. <laughs> it's a looker. Now, you and I both have s- smaller trucks than this one, but I'll tell you what, it was an eye-catcher. And uh, But you can do w- what he did. Pick out all the key elements of a truck that you want. Have it built at the Ford Motor Company or the Hyundai, Hyundai America or Kia Motor Company and they would make sure that you end up in a vehicle that you want from the Sunbury Motor Company. Inventory sparse, case you haven't heard, so there are a few of every vehicle on the lot. Not a lot, although they have two Yellow Rangers. Now, I talked about that two weeks ago. They had one back in. Now they have two. That's just funny. But they they sell two. They'll be gone by the time the weekend's out. But these are nice Ford Rangers and uh, just the perfect truck for a lot of people. Ford, Hyundai, Kia. Start out the search at the sunburymotorcompany.com. Then uh, let Ernie and Austin and Jeff and Jason and Alphonse know that you are ready to go and ready to buy after you look at sunburymotors.com. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. 
The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. All right, I cut his time short, shorter than I should have. Uh, we got to go right to Al and get him on the radio. And so, Al, go ahead. Do you get to help us wrap out, wrap up this week? Well, I, I have a question on the convention of states. Uh, term limits is one of the things that are in the convention of states, correct? Yes, that's correct. So we expect them to vote themselves out of office. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is the state legislators. Go ahead. I'm sorry. This is state legislators doing it to federal legislators, not to themselves. Well, I think it should be all the way across the board on that. Uh, people should have an agenda and follow an agenda, but that's just in a perfect world. But uh, I, your guy said the same thing. We're going to have to watch who we vote for and get somebody in there that is. Well, Keller promised that he was just going to be there for so long. Let's see if he said, does that. He said two terms, uh, and he had an agenda, and see if he follows that, and then off he goes. But part of his responsibility would be, if he's been working on his agenda, find somebody else that has the same agenda and find out what his constituents want that can, you know, agenda and keep on going that way. But it's, it's a long haul. And I know you've been at it for three years, and don't get frustrated. Uh, I think we should send out more um, literature on it and something that uh, people can actually sign, read, and send back in themselves. I think I, I sent one in. I had one, gotten one in the mail, but I give to political people, so I get a lot of political mail. All right. Well, thank okay. you so much, Al. Thanks for calling in. Yep. All right, appreciate Al, appreciate everybody who called in, and Steve Davis from Convention of States, conventionofstates.org. That petition is there. You can sign the community college petition as well, newcommunitycollege.org. All right, super. Thank you, friend. Good to see you, my friend. Yeah, great to see you. Had a great great time this morning. Appreciate it. Yeah, and we appreciate all you're doing, making sure these things get talked about. This is WKOK Sunbury.